What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, so today we're going to be talking about the money and business behind professional bowling. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but just hang with me. I'm going to run you guys through the history and future of professional bowling, including the sport's current popularity, the life of a professional on tour, the economics behind the sport, how much some of these people are making, and much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, so let's get right into it. Okay, before we get into professional bowling today, I feel like I need to give you guys a little bit of history on bowling as a sport because some of the stuff I didn't know and you might not either. But bowling originated in ancient Egypt. It obviously didn't look like we see it today. It was a historical or an old form of the sport. The game then was played in Germany throughout the early 13th century, and it's widely considered one of the world's oldest sports. And then bowling became super popular in America too. More than 9 million Americans, I found this insane, more than 9 million Americans participated in bowling leagues throughout the late 1970s. 9 million Americans in bowling leagues, so they were taking it seriously, showing up every week, going to an actual bowling competition. And it's estimated there were nearly 60 million recreational bowlers in America throughout the 1980s. So 9 million people were participating in bowling leagues and 60 million people were recreationally bowling in America throughout the 70s and 80s. But then something happened. The sport slowly started to lose its luster and thousands of bowling alleys closed their doors and millions of people forgot about the game. Now, there's a bunch of reasons why this happened. Other professional sports became more popular. Television obviously became more popular. People found other things to do outside of bowling. But we'll get into that in a second. Now I want to talk about the PBA, the Professional Bowlers Association. The PBA was founded in 1958 and it's the major sanctioning body for the sport of professional 10-pin bowling. The PBA currently has 3,000 members from more than 30 countries around the globe. The sport was purchased for $5 million by three former Microsoft executives, Chris Peters, Rob Glazer, and Mike Slade, in 2000. So in 2000, the sport was purchased by three guys from Microsoft for $5 million. They ran the business for two decades and then sold it in 2019 to Bolero Corp. Bolero Corp is the world's largest owner and operator of bowling centers. So an operator of the bowling centers bought the business for an undisclosed amount in 2019 from the three Microsoft executives who paid $5 million for it. Safe to say they made some money on it, even though the sport went through some tough times. And I'll get through that. So the main commercial entity of the PBA is called the PBA Tour. This tour is similar to what you would see in golf with PGA Tour or tennis with the ATP, etc., And they have a schedule of events that tour the United States. The PBA tour also includes major championships like golf and tennis. There's five majors, including the U.S. Open, the PBA World Championship, the Tournament of Champions, the PBA Players Championship, and the USBC Masters. And with qualifying mixed in, the PBA's 17 annual tournaments can last anywhere between four to seven days each. So the bowlers show up, they go through qualifying, then there's a few rounds of the tournament. And these tournaments, again, can last four to seven days each. 17 tournaments each year, five masters. The sport is owned by Bolero Corp. Okay, so let's get down to business. How much do professional bowlers make? So the 2023 PBA Tour schedule has $4 million in prize money up for grabs across those 17 annual tournaments. 
the average tournament pays anywhere between $15,000 to $100,000 for first place. Most of the tournaments are like $25,000. Some tournaments are up to $100,000. The smallest is $15,000 for first place. Everyone gets paid at all of these tournaments. No one walks away empty-handed. Last place is making somewhere between $1,000 to $10,000. So again, total prize pool for each tournament is, you know, somewhere between $150,000 to $300,000, depending on the tournament. The winner is taking home anywhere between $25,000 and $100,000, depending on the tournament. And last place is taking home something, somewhere between $1,000 and up to $10,000, usually around like two dollars to $3,000 for coming in last place at a tournament. So this money can add up, right? Jason Belmonte finished first in 2022 as the PBA's top earner that year. He made just over $300,000 in earnings on the tour. So prize money earnings on the tour, Jason Belmonte made $300,000. But there's quite a bit of a drop off all the way down to number 10. So Jason came in first at 300, number 2 was 275, number 3 was 222, all the way down to number 10, Jacob Buttruff, who made $92,000 last year. The all-time earnings record on the PBA tour is held by Walter Ray Williams Jr., who won $420,000 in 2002 and $4.2 million throughout his career. He holds the record for both the individual season earnings, but also the career earnings. So the most anyone has ever made in a single year on the PBA tour is $420,000. The most anyone has ever earned in total prize money throughout their career is $4.2 million. But still, with professional bowling seeing a decline in interest over the last several decades, prize money has actually dropped pretty dramatically. It's up 43% over the last few decades, from $7 million annually in the 1970s to $4 million annually today. And I don't have an inflation calculator ready off the top of my head, but obviously if you factor in inflation, $7 million in the 1970s to $4 million today, quite a big difference there when you calculate what that $7 million was worth in today's money. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. But also, what is life like for a professional bowler? We know how much money they make, of course, now, but what is the life actually like? One thing to keep in mind here is that professional bowlers are independent contractors, like golfers and tennis players. They have to pay their own expenses, everything from travel, lodging, hotels, obviously, meals, and everything else. And these expenses can really cut into their pay. There's this great article that MarketWatch put out in 2016. They talked to a professional bowler named Ryan Simonelli. And Ryan broke down all of his earnings on the PBA tour. He was super open about it and described exactly how much he was making each year. So it gives us a little insight into not only how much he was winning as one of the better bowlers in the world, but also how much he was spending on expenses and some of the things he had to do to become a professional. So here's what you need to know. Ryan says his first three years on tour, he was spending about $30,000 annually on expenses and he broke even. He didn't make any money. First three years, no money made on tour was spending $30,000 a year on expenses, traveling to tournaments, paying entry fees, staying in hotels, getting food, everything that goes into it, $30,000 a year on expenses, equipment, everything else like that. 
So then he quit. Three years into this thing, he said, I'm not making any money. I got to go find something else to do. So he quits the PBA tour for a year. Then he actually finds a friend. He brokers a deal with a friend who essentially says, I'm going to cover your expenses. In exchange, I want 50% of your earnings on the PBA tour. We see this in Formula One. We've seen this in golf, boxing, a bunch of other sports. These agreements are actually a lot more common than people probably realize, especially in individual sports where the athletes are independent contractors and have to spend a lot of money either to make it to the sport or have to spend a lot of money annually on expenses. Again, golf, Formula One, boxing, tennis, bowling is obviously another sport. So Ryan brokered a deal with a friend where he covered all of his expenses in exchange for 50% of his PBA tour winnings. Then Ryan played much better. Of course, that's usually how that works. Ryan had a career year in 2015. He says he made $192,000 in income that year. Now, the split was $142,000 in winnings on the PBA tour. He was one of the top earners that year. If you look at today's list, $142,000 in earnings would have put him eighth on the list. So pretty good year for Ryan in 2015. 142 came from winnings and another 50 came in endorsements. Ryan had endorsement deals with Brunswick for bowling balls and shoes and then turbo grips, which are the rubber inserts for your, your bowling ball fingers. So he had a couple endorsement deals, made $50,000 there. And then he says he made a little bit of extra money on clinics, exhibitions, and appearances. The way those usually work, Ryan says, is that the PBA Tour pros, they get $1,000 per day plus travel expenses. For a clinic, an exhibition, or an appearance, people are paying them to come to their bowling alley or their event. But they're really only doing like five to 10 of those a year. So if you add it all up, it's like five to $10,000 extra. So we'll call it $200,000 Ryan Simonelli made in 2015 career year, the best year he ever had. He was one of the best bowlers in the world that year, $200,000 in earnings. But because of the 50% deal that he did with his friend, he didn't have to pay any expenses, of course, but he made less than $100,000 in total income before taxes. He made about $96,000 in total income after the 50% split. He pays taxes on that. It's not 50%, but you know he obviously pays tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. What did the guy make? $60,000 that year after taxes? Maybe, maybe 50, maybe 60, maybe 70. I don't know, but somewhere in there. So a little bit less than you would probably imagine for one of the best bowlers in the world. Certainly less than I would have imagined for one of the best bowlers in the world. Now, there are some outliers to this. There are some people that had bigger endorsement deals. There's a guy named Don Carter, who was the first ever athlete to receive a $1 million endorsement contract from a bowling equipment manufacturer, Ebonite. He received that contract in 1964, which is absolutely absurd because if you do look at that from an inflation perspective, that's nearly $10 million today when adjusting for inflation. Don Carter in the 1960s signed a million-dollar endorsement contract. Now, of course, that's reserved for the Pete Webbers of the world. That's reserved for the best bowlers in the world. And Ryan Simonelli, while he was one of the better bowlers in the world, he didn't have a huge online social media presence. He wasn't going viral. Most people probably didn't even know who he is. And most people probably didn't care what bowling ball or bowling shoes he was wearing. So again, Ryan Simonelli broke it down for MarketWatch. He says he made $192,000 during his best year in 2015. That would have made him the eighth highest paid bowler if he was playing today. And after his 50% split with a partner who agreed to take on all the expenses for his career, he made less than $100,000. And if you want to take the taxes out of that, he probably made somewhere between fifty dollars or $60,000 that year. 
So that brings me to my next point. What does the future look like for bowling? Now, there's a lot going on with bowling. The PBA Tour is an interesting spot because virtually everything has gone down over the last few decades. We're talking about TV ratings, prize money, consumer interest for sure. Literally everything you can think of when it comes to bowling has gone down over the last few decades. But the PBA Tour, since they changed hands a few years ago, they signed a new distribution deal, a new media rights deal with Fox Sports in 2019. And the numbers are actually getting a little bit better. If you look at history, bowling was actually the most popular sport on television throughout the 1960s, literally the most popular sport. But then everything else started to get on TV and bowling started to decline throughout the 1970s and the 1980s. And the sport has essentially become irrelevant to an entire generation of people. If you look at kids today, what do they have? They have digital products in front of them. They have social media. They have TikTok. They have YouTube. They have all this stuff. They do a bunch of other things with their friends. You're not going to the bowling alley. Literally thousands of bowling alleys have shut down over the last few years. Obviously, a piece of that has to do with COVID and what was open and what was not open. People are struggling. But at the end of the day, you get the point. There's a lot more options for people today than they had in the past. And bowling is certainly not at the forefront of most people's minds. But the viewership has actually gone quite well since their distribution deal with Fox. They still focus mostly on the five major tournaments for bowling and the viewership increased 85% in year one of that deal. In 2018, they had 11.3 million total viewers for the PBA Tour on television that year. The following year, in 2019, they had 20.9. So again, they went from 11.3 million viewers to 20.9 million viewers in the span of a year. So while consumers have more options than ever before, and much of bowling's mind share has simply become a nostalgic activity you do with your family, the PBA Tour is trying to make a comeback. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be a growing sport. They're going to be Formula One. They're going to be golf. They're going to be lacrosse. They're going to be soccer. They're not going to be any of these things, right? It's a niche sport that is struggling to survive at this point. The athletes aren't making enough money to entice people to go do it. You probably don't want to be a professional if you're looking to do it from a monetary standpoint. You really have to love bowling. It has to be something that you're passionate about to go pursue because the early years specifically are not going to be easy. You're going to spend a lot of money on expenses. It's going to be difficult to win tournaments. You're going to have to do something like Ryan Simonelli did potentially if you don't have the money to support your career yourself. And best case scenario, best case scenario, right? The top bowlers in the world, they're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. That's like a two-week paycheck for an NBA player. Now, of course, we don't all have the physical attributes of an NBA player, and some of us have to work with what we're given. But bowling is in a unique spot right now. I don't necessarily think it's going to disappear but it's going to be very difficult for this sport to regain its magic and become as popular as it was in the 1960s and 1970s. That's it for today, though. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend, and we'll talk on Monday.